Hey, welcome back to the Fear and Trembling podcast. I am Aaron. I'm the campus pastor at Watershed here at Hardwick Ministries. And next to me, uh, kind of kitty corner across the table because we've got, we'll fill you in why, but uh, Pastor JB, Fusion here at Hardwick. All right. Pleasure to be here. Glad to have you, JB. Yeah. 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 And then and Dar- um, Darwin here, the executive pastor here at Hardwick Ministries. The cat herder. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Meow. <laughs> 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 and if you've listened to us, uh, normally in our our, our circle uh, comes Bill, uh, who's our, our campus pastor at Celebration. Um, but today is a unique and interesting podcast. Um, sure. Some of you, if you were listening to our last uh, podcast on inventing Anna, uh, heard us go, we're going to talk with Mary Vandenberg on creeds and confessions. Well, guess what? There was a book that came out in be- in between all this time yeah. and recordings and and we felt like this book today that we're gonna we're gonna insert here in the in the middle of inventing Anna and a conversations on creeds and confessions. Yeah. Um, this book, "Don't Follow Your Heart," uh, by Thaddeus Williams, uh, yeah. professor out at Biola University mm-hmm. Talbot School of Theology. Yeah. Um, he he put out. I I kind of became aware of um, Thaddeus Williams through another book that we'll actually talk about in a later podcast, right. uh, Confronting Injustice. Uh, but uh, don't follow your heart, boldly breaking the Ten Commandments of self-worship. Um, man, a living, uh, you know, how that connects to inventing Anna. And so by inserting this in, uh, we're working with schedules. And mm-hmm. sometimes our schedules just don't line up when for four of us. And as much as we want to try, and we know Bill wanted to be with us today, but uh, he's got some important things going on. Um, and uh, so we're letting him off the hook. We're going to miss miss his input yep. um, because, as you all know, um, this conversation is it's what makes it for us is, yeah, the relationship together. Yeah. So, yeah, we're missing a friend at the table today. Uh, so hopefully, folks, you can hear his voice echoing in your ears. I know I will. You could email us and then like say, I think Bill would say this at this yeah. point. <laughs> yeah. I guess I could have brought my phone. And yeah. could, or maybe yes. yeah, Bill will email us. Yeah, email yeah. us at Fear and Trembling Podcast yeah. at yeah. heartolike.com. <laughs> By the way, I felt like I was, because we had to kind of read the book quickly. So I like got brought back to college, like cramming yeah. for a final exam or something. Not, not really. Those were happy times, right? Yeah. Right. Simpler times. So uh, yeah, we're gonna toss this. Uh, let me let me just give it a title one more time, and then I'll toss it over um, over to Darwin to facilitate our conversation. But uh, Thaddeus Williams, don't follow your heart, boldly breaking the Ten Commandments of self worship. So. Darwin, why in the world are we we inserting this? <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good question. Good question. Hey, um, so this book dropped. It dropped right after we um, did the podcast, um, and I I picked it up in one of my feeds and was intrigued by the title, so I ordered it, and um, then spent the next couple nights reading it, which is normally what I do. I just like to read books. Yeah, you down books faster and, than and, I can <laughs> almost <Yeah>. blink. <laughs> so. Um, um, much to my wife, um, chagrin, as she looks at the budget and the amount that goes to Amazon um, for books. <laughs> um, but you know, inventing Anna is was an awesome series, and um, and we did the podcast on it. Um, watched it a couple times, um, and one of the things that is just incredibly intriguing about um, the book—I mean, I'm sorry—the film series 
is that that Anna in many ways is is a living example of expressive individualism. I'm going to create my own world. I'm going to pursue my dreams at whatever expense um, that that comes. And right. and it's interesting yeah. in watching Inventing Anna as we, as we talked last time about how she views people, how she views friends. Mm. And what's interesting is that ultimately in in the film series she's crushed by her dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though she's continuing to try to revive this dream, um, and she still continues to yeah even today even today she's still <laughs> trying to breathe life into it, but it, yeah. she just can't resuscitate it. Um, and so uh, William's um, book, "Don't Follow Your Heart," bowling boldly breaking the Ten Commandments of Self Worship, is really a critique of expressive individualism. Mm. Yep. Yep. And and he's drawing on ten popular hashtags. One of the things that really struck me um, about the book, which I which I really appreciated, and others have done this. Charles Taylor has done this. Andy Root has done this. Um, he does it. Thaddeus does it in his other books. Um, I could give you a whole list. But what what he does is he says takes this this popular position, this popular understanding. And then he examines that this popular understanding has actually deep um, historical and biblical roots behind it. Sure. And that over time, um, the philosophers um, have just kind of covered over the biblical contributions. They flipped the narrative so they think they sound really unique. Yeah. We change the definition of words. Change the definition of sure. words and ideas and we flip them on their heads. Um, and then we think we're being novel. And and he does a good job of saying, okay, here's here's ten hashtags drawing on a contemporary phenomena in and of itself. Sure. Yep. <laughs> and here's ten hashtags that that capture this idea of self worship. Mm. But in reality, this idea of self worship cannot deliver on its promises. Mm-hmm. And and goes back to offer um, some insight biblically and theologically um, into them. And so. And then explores how the Christian gospel actually um, constructively meets the quest that the hashtag is seeking um, to pursue. Yeah. So um, it was a fun read. There's some of them, the hashtags, is, um, if we get to them, I'm sorry, ooh, that we'll see. <laughs> Smacking the mic around. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that we'll see um, you know, are kind of dated. Um, trying to write a book like this and all the editorial process means yeah, something. By the time you're already in die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, that was like so last century, yeah. um, as my grandkids say to me all the time. Um, well, and I found it interesting, like reading it, because um, too, like the forward is by Carl Truman, and we did a podcast on the rise and triumph of the modern self right. by Carl Truman. Um, you know, again, I was kind of reminded Thaddeus Williams is a professor, right? In, mm-hmm. And you can tell he's writing to, in a way, to college students right. who have some understanding of philosophy. Um, yeah. And because there's, I know I was even stressed, like his writing style is really, um, I think, accessible. Right. Um, but he, like, whereas Carl Truman's book is way thicker and, you know, definitely a, um, yeah. took me more work to read. Right. Carl Truman kind of, unpacked the philosopher and philosophies more. Right. Whereas Thaddeus Williams was seemed to at times kind of work with a, oh, you shouldn't just know who Foucault is. And I'm like, and then uh, there'll be a little paragraph, mm-hmm. you know, make right. sure you read close enough. And you're yeah. like, 
okay, okay, what was his philosophy? <laughs> you know, so that, 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 like it takes a little bit. I'll take your word for it. Right. Yeah. Like it takes a little bit of work um, to, I think if folks are going to read it, to just be able to go, don't hesitate to Wikipedia something. Like, right. Um, and that's not a bad thing. It's just. No. Uh, and and I think the other thing, just as you as you step in, you're going to, it's going to take you a few pages. Like he's kind of snarky. He's kind of got this edge, yeah. you know, and he's writing yeah. like, be a heretic. You know, it's like. Okay, a heretic, and he's like kind of flipping the tables a little right. bit. So you got to like kind of, okay, I get what you're doing now. Anyway, yeah, yeah. read, don't read half a chapter, read the whole no. chapter, yeah. right? Like, yeah. because, okay, so. he, yeah, he's got compassion, I think, for people who will read it. Like, okay, it, he, he's poking holes in philosophies yeah. and ideologies. So let me, so. let me, um, I'm gonna kick into my professor mode here. Okay, all right, <laughs> professor, okay. professor mode. Um, yes, um, learning to read is um, is a is inter- an interesting art. Um, this is a book to me as a classic example. You read the introduction in the first chapter, and you read the last chapter. Ah, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Yep. And so what you do is you're you're getting a bookend of what he's trying to do. There you go. Um, and then go back and and work through the middle mm-hmm. sections. Yep. Um, I think you're right. I think he assumes a lot. Um, at least a basic understanding of certain philosophers. Don't be afraid to Wikipedia them. Um, as a professor, I used to say Wikipedia can be your can be a good friend. Yeah, um, it can help you get oriented. Um, and also, um, as as JB pointed out, I think this is a good a, a good case in point in reading. Um, he uses the term heretic in ways that. I think are appropriate, but different than we're used to. Right. So right. He's got to so, reframe, and he reframes them. So, you know. so just taking a notepad and writing out just some observations about that go. as you begin, yeah. so that when you are fl- flustered by that three chapters later, you can go back and say, "Oh wait a minute, yeah, he's doing this with it." I just, yeah, I haven't picked this up for a couple of days, and that just kind of slipped my mind. Yeah, yeah, no, that's helpful. I say yeah. the more I read, the more I appreciated. Yeah, the the points he was making. I like yeah. his snarkiness. So, oh the, yeah, like, <laughs> oh he's being snarky. This is so cool. This is awesome. I love it. Right. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, that's yeah. the I'm on the Enneagram. I'm more of a five, and so I'm thinking in my head, right? Like I'm, and I'm like, yeah, he's shooting holes in philosophies. All right, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I'm a nine. I, I like that. And then, I'm a peacemaker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a little, that's a little rough, guys. Let's, let's, let's be a little more gentle. <laughs> So I don't know I, where that voice came from. So, so um, I, I'm just kind of curious. How would you connect um, – as you work through this, how would you connect what he's doing and don't follow your heart? Um, how would you connect his hashtags with what we experienced in watching and talking about Inventing Anna? Yeah. She's kind of a case study at a lot of the things he's yeah. he's talking about, you know. Um, I mean that's the initial thing that comes to mind. But, but yeah, I, I mean – yeah, and so so it, it, it like became this cool. Oh, this is some of the thinking behind what we're witnessing in inventing Anna. Mm-hmm. Um, again, one one person's experience, but yeah, I think it's that it, her her life. And again, I, I want to take even Thaddeus Williams' own approach in his book of going. This should all of these things should lead us to compassion for others, mm-hmm. right. not like. I'd be very careful about putting this book in the hands of somebody who's going to be aggressive towards like to use this as a weapon against cult. Like we're going to oh, yeah. come down like that. That is just not our Christian posture. Right. Right. Um, it's helping us understand culture, mm-hmm. you know, and hopefully have understanding of people. 
she, so it, Anna's life, you know, in being that is, I think to me, it's, it's so helpful to see a picture of these things lived out, right? Mm-hmm. Like to it, to their end and, right. and going, because I think that's what he does a great job throughout the book of trying to do is going, the philosophy may look good on the surface. It's when you go into the deep end of it, though, look at the fruits of it. Look at where it not only took the philosophers, right. but look at where the ends come. You know, Anna wanted work, wanted, you know, was searching for to love herself, like in her own story. I think that was in rethinking about the story. You know, she was looking for ways of, she was looking for her own self-worth. Something was missing in her family of origin, you know, like in whether it was moving or being an immigrant or, uh, you know, all of those things, that would be an intriguing conversation if she could have it, right? Like even the series kind of shows us she's quite know. Yeah. Is she capable of having that conversation? But, uh, you know, in trying to prove herself, the more she tried to prove herself, love herself, all these things, the less she actually loved her, you know, knew who she was, the 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 further it, it, it left and then the further breakdown the relationships were right. as well so and i think the compassion comes when when you you can see you can kind of take some of these hashtags kind of earlier on in the journey and be like oh wait like i find myself falling into some of these ways of thinking these paradigms right and then that so then you're not looking at her life after she's in prison and being like you know being judgmental, but yeah, like, oh, like this could be any of us if we had the opportunity to take these all the way down. Yeah. Or the nerve. <laughs> yeah, or the nerve. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That was I think when I when I watched um Inventing Anna, it was it was seeing this kind of this is all there is, all that there is in the world is what's around me. And and I kind of interpreted it as everything is kind of material substance. Even relationships for me to manipulate. Yeah. Yep. And 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 along with that though, which I thought was really I, I struggled with a lot is, um, what kind of people were they, were they becoming? Were they becoming gentle? Were they becoming kind? Were they becoming generous? Were they, you know, or we might say the fruits of the spirit? Were those things evident, mm-hmm. or were they becoming um, angry and bitter and frustrated because life wasn't delivering on the promises um, they thought it should be delivering on? Yeah. And so, I, as I as we watched um, Anna, and as I as I read this this book, um, one of the things I noted in in the, the film was that um, in the pursuit of her own dream, the quest to fulfill, to create her own world and her own life and to achieve her dreams, she just discarded relationships that weren't useful. Mm. And, and all relationships had a, a, a way of, if they didn't contribute to her achieving her dream, then they were just to be yeah. pushed to the side. And even in those relationships, the relationships were genuine. They were always exchanges. Um, monetary exchanges, um, some sort of exchange for tit that that would help her achieve her dream. And as as I as I wrestle with that, I, I wonder how does the call to self worship understand what it means to be human and the role of community, and and how does Williams help us go after those questions? Any idea? Well, it's when we get so wrapped up in ourself. Uh, we have a hard time seeing mm-hmm. 
truly seeing others, right? Like I think it even goes back to, um, you know, he talked about love um, throughout in terms of, let me see if I can find it. Um, It's kind of 155, page 156. um, And... Loving God reorders, um, one of the highlights he had, loving God reorders our will and affections toward the good of others, mm-hmm. right? And and when we I, um, define love differently than how God defines love, right? And love is more self, self-fulfillment. Um, yeah, we, we really... We're not understanding that love is this fidelity to others as much as to ourselves. And actually in relationship together, not only with God, but with others, we, that's where we actually find ourself. Right. We're never going to do it alone. We're never going to outside of community. So I think that that's something that comes to mind for me. Yeah. And in his discussion of the hashtag love is love, which is what you're referring to, um, which is a great hashtag, though I don't ever remember seeing it that often. But I don't travel in those circles, and I gave up my Twitter or X account, formerly Twitter. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, he writes though on page oh, on one fifty eight, and I think this is like so critical because it it shows why community is so difficult in our present day and okay. age. He says, and he calls it the great unthought. Um. And one meaning of love is then, and this is where he's going. The great in thought is the notion that because we are each sovereign meaning makers, love requires unquestioning endorsement of someone else's lifestyle and beliefs. To truly love someone, you must celebrate their desires and dreams or be branded with a scarlet, capital B, bold letter, italics for bigot. Yeah. And I don't – if that's the case, I don't know how you actually create functioning community because if – because community it does require love, but it requires a thick love, a thick love mm-hmm. that involves not just caring deeply for the person but a genuine love that involves saying, I'm not sure you're right here. I don't think these are the healthiest choices. Are what you're doing going to meet the need? You know, what needs are you trying to meet through this? And is this adequately going to do it? Well, instead, you know, communities are formed around shared thinking, right? Right. Um, which I think is is probably contributes to our polarization right now. You know, so we find a group that um, that thinks exactly like us. And then we are affirmed in our in our thinking, and this goes across the spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, I think some churches have been tempted to to follow this, right? Okay, um, you know that we're going to be this kind of church, and we're all going to think about the same thing on this. When really, like traditionally, like the church could be a place we have some core foundational things that we agree on, right? But we can also have differences because of those core foundations, like the gospel, right? Um, which makes for a fruitful community, like when when you look right. around and you could have people from different political, con, you know, convictions. You could have, I mean, that's a beautiful thing about the church. So, right, 
Well, and he even says when he talks about the unthought intolerance, yeah. right? Yeah. He's like, uh, when we think tolerance is has doesn't have disagreement, then we don't understand actually what tolerance. Right. Right. Uh, we've redefined that. You yeah. know. Right. You're not tolerating what you right like. because <laughs> love. Even if we were to say, you know, just well-meaning humans right. would, if if pushed, would acknowledge there's limits, mm-hmm. right? There's limits in life and there's, no, not everybody can do, you know, there there are some no's that have to happen in life, you know, and, and especially like you said, um, JB, in community, mm-hmm. like there's boundaries to things. Mm-hmm. However, to love someone doesn't mean that you don't disagree. Again, you don't right. disagree. Right. And that's where, you know, I appreciate he comes back in and says, see, the Christian story is it allows for a real kind of tolerance that right. says, no, we can we can understand our differences. We should be able to talk about our differences and navigate them together. And sometimes love is saying, no, this is this doesn't work because it breaks down right. who you are. It breaks right. down a community <laughs> like you want to be a cat, like, okay, but you realize that's not the image of God. Like right. that isn't, you're more than a cat. You're, you're, you have more value than that. You have more worth than that. You have, and it's more love. It's loving to say you're more than that. Right. You know? I think at the same time, what's, what's intriguing to me, um, and I'm not even sure what language to use here. Mm. Um, but all differences are reduced to opinions. Mm. And so when you, when you talk with someone else, like we used to word, I get, I'm kicking back into academic mode here. Sorry. I used to, right. when I worked with <laughs> students, I used to say the weakest statement that you can make is you feel something. The second, a stronger statement is you have thought something through, you think about it. The third statement is um, you can make a belief statement, which means that not only have you thought about it, but you've weighed it, you've considered it's how it's going to affect the core of your being and it's going to affect others. Um, I think those distinctions have all, have all been leveled in our society and culture. That uh, Oh, yeah. We've stopped at the first. We've stopped at the like, first. Yeah. And, and though we use other words to try to express how strongly we feel something mm-hmm. – um, at the core, everything is still a feeling and everything is still based on feeling. And so it removes almost any possibility for engagement and constructive interaction. Yeah. You know, and I think he, I think he kind of captures that when he says, follow your heart. You shall obey your emotions at all costs. Yeah. I thought in that chapter two was really helpful, page 78, where he makes the distinction between like big T truth, small T truth. Like right. we can disagree like what – and he, he uses the – like what's the best chicken sandwich in town, you know? Right. And yeah. I think this one, you know, that's Chick-fil-A true. or Popeye's. There are, there are, there are <laughs> truths that are, that are relative, you know, that are opinion-based. But then he says, but there's other ones like gravity, you know? Right. Um, <laughs> Gravity's true. Like, if you don't believe it, yeah. you'll find out really find quick. Out. I'm a yeah. rock climber. I believe it. <laughs> yeah. So. But there will be people who say they defy gravity. They don't necessarily believe that gravity is true, that it's a social construct that we've created to make. 
I, you know, I, I tried picking the most basic scientific <laughs> facts. Like, Jamie's trying like, to be I'm, a peacemaker. I'm like, gravity. <laughs> Who can disagree with gravity? You know? Darwin and I are like, oh yeah, we can find people. <laughs> I believe I can fly. Nine point eight meters per second per second. Yeah. Hey, so I'm 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 curious. He he he, um, he begins in the introduction. Probably should have started here, but you know, um, he begins on on. Um, Roman numeral page um, 16. Um, he says the new Decalogue, the 10 things, the, the 10 hashtags um, that he's calling us to to see as heretical um, of, of self-worship. Um, live your best life now. Okay, boomer. Uh, um, follow your heart. Be true to yourself. You do you. YOLO. Um, the answers are within. Authentic. Live the dream. And love is love. Which one of those jumped out at you? Which one was your favorite? Which one frustrated you the most? I don't know. Which one just kind of rung your bell? <sighs> I, I I I was thinking about this, and I mean, I think all like they all had their own um, parts where I was like, oh yeah. Other parts where I was like, whoa, you know. But I, YOLO. Um, I think for me. I was just thinking about that just after reading the book. Um, but I was just thinking about how, like, experience is something I do live for. Um, so, uh, like, that mm-hmm. one kind of hit me more as, like, mm-hmm. convicting. Um, where, like, I'll, like I, I'll say, like, when we get to the weekend, you know, and it's like, ah, the weekend, you know. <sighs> Everybody's lit. You know, <laughs> the weekend. Right. Um, or, or, or I think about, like, you know, we do a, a family trip or something in the summer and how much I just look forward to that. And not only that, but then, like, it, it creates anxiety. You know, like, if the kids start getting sick, like, are we going to miss that or is that going to mm-hmm. ruin that? Um, so I kind of I, I, I kind of just was, was thinking, like, looking at it as a mirror, like, which of these kind of capture my heart? And, and that was, like, one that just kind of s- stuck out this morning as I was reflecting uh, on how much, like, I like living for an experience, you know, and, and vacation and, and how, anyway, that has a, that has a hold of my heart, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even, even though I, I don't think I could be on perpetual vacation. I think I'd lose interest, but it would take a while. <laughs> <laughs> and the back to back hashtags in, in chapter seven and chapter eight. So the yeah. seven was the answers are within, and that was kind of along the same way line of what you're talking about, JB of going, that's the one that maybe challenged my own heart a little bit more of how often mm-hmm. like I will trust my education. I will trust mm-hmm. my, my ability to think through something, you know, I will trust my gut. I will. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh no, our, as, as Christians, the call and and as people, we've got a better thing to trust. And that's look up, you know, he mm-hmm. said, look up instead of looking in, look up, you know, like, we have this God who is infinitely wise. You know, it's the trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make the path straight. You know, like, but how often I may be living that hashtag, mm-hmm. even though I'm not throwing it on my Instagram, you know. Okay. Um, and then authentic drove me nuts, um, partly because it started with Tay-Tay. Uh, Taylor Swift, <laughs> who's hij- hijacking NFL right now. <laughs> like, but I, you know, there again, there's kind of this. There's some truth in here. Like she on the first page, they always give a couple quotes, and I'm a quote guy, so 
Um, but they have Taylor Swift saying, you know, we're so many things all the time and I know it can be overwhelming figuring out who to be. I have some good news. It's totally up to you. I also have some terrifying news. It's totally up to you. And Mm -hmm. like in part of the reason why I gravitate is, yeah, I mean, Bella's, you know, a teenager, uh, she's in high school, you know, and loves Taylor Swift. And it's, it's, I love that, you know, some, and Taylor does some good writing. She actually writes her stuff, you know, like, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you go at the same time when you see something that's just totally when it comes to the gospel, right? And then they bring like Princess Bride in, and I don't think you're defining that right. The, um, you know, inconceivable, <laughs> Vincent, Ian, you know, like, and today being authentic means little more than tearing down any force that dares question, challenge, or reject the self's sovereign expression of itself, right? And yet, the gospel, the actual good news, not Taylor Swift's good news, the gospel good news in Christ is, uh, you know, and Thaddeus picks up on this, is looking to Jesus and laughing at ourselves go hand in hand. Like, we don't have to be crushed. You'll be crushed under the weight of what she's saying. Like, uh, we, we had a message a little while back as we were talking about, like, humanity and stuff like that, and we kind of yeah. went through chariots of fire and... Uh, Madonna to even Colin Coward on David Spade you know, David Spade conversation, right? You know, like of going, man, that kind of pressure on anyone is not that look at the ends, look at the fruit of it. It only ever ends up crushing people. Right. And because it can never deal with our failings and our mistakes and our regrets and the things that happened to us, we didn't even we had no plan for or aren't quote unquote responsible for. Um, but man, being able to look to Jesus and go the real self, the only good news is the gospel that says, Oh, we're not afraid of sin and brokenness and mistakes and failures. It's actually the great equalizer. So yeah, you know, the one I was challenged with, the answers are within more. And then the more, you know, the one that I was a little more, yeah, yes, yes. I agree with you. Let's (laughs) shoot some holes in that is authentic because, Authenticity really is, if we're going to define it what rightly, it's, man, scars and all. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and like going back to inventing Anna, yeah. she was not an authentic. People thought she was authentic, but she wasn't even close, right? She yeah, was no. not herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a figment of her imagination. And that's, yeah. Oof. Yeah, I think it's, it's intriguing to me that in all of the, in all of the ten of these <clears throat> that he that he comes back with the gospel and says, um, and this is really an oversimplification, and it could be. So give me some freedom here. Um, that, that <laughs> no the, grace at this table. <laughs> okay, that, that the gospel gives us it gives us a standard. Sure. And and that there's great freedom in being able to. To evaluate and to critique where you are in relationship to that standard. Mm. Um, it doesn't mean that that standard beats us up, and we should never use that standard to beat somebody up. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the more fun questions that I, I think um, to ask people is, okay, if you believe this, um, are you becoming more gentle? Are you becoming kinder? Are you becoming more compassionate are you learning to listen better? Are you yeah. learning to engage mm-hmm. others more constructively? 
Mm-hmm. And and I honestly have to say, if you if you take these hashtags somewhat seriously and you look at you watch the news for an hour, what you see is people becoming not that, becoming angry, becoming bitter, right. becoming unwilling to to listen, um, demanding that everyone conform to their perspective. That anyone who doesn't conform is just a bad, evil person. Well, he uses the terms. He says, actually, these folks, like in our culture, not these folks, but just culture has become more hyper-traditional, more right. hyper-fundamentalist. Right. Yeah. Um, right. Unknowing what they're being traditional and fundamentalist to. But it, right. it goes, because we know when we swing to those those edges of the mm-hmm. spectrums, we have no room, right? There is no margin. Mm-hmm. Um, you're either with us or against us. Um even though we say we're for all. Right. And yet we're not. You no. know, like he had a great uh, interchange yeah. on an airplane with a lady yeah. um, where she's like, I can't stand all Christians, you know, and she's just judging all Christians, all Christians. And he's like, okay, so what you're saying is that all Christians, and he's like, I could see people around me's shoulders bouncing yeah. because he was just pointing out the, the hypocrisy that comes whenever we do that. You know, right. and and he he'll take on himself include like right. any time mm-hmm. we put that there, we're the most hyper fundamentalist, hyper traditionalist. Right, right. <laughs> well, I mean, it's because our our tendency to want to make these these broad sweeping statements. Yeah. Um, but when we make, I think when we um, make those broad sweeping statements, it's often like using a label. That when you put a label on someone or you make these broad, off-sweeping statements, you really don't have to support that cont- that that point. You don't have to you don't have to engage it. You just are basically dismissing, you know. And so it's it's much easier to dismiss people than to engage them. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's something to do. We really and he he did that here with philosophers and kind of went down a laundry list yeah. of like. Look at what happened in their lives. Oh, yeah. And again, he did a great job afterwards, I think, just saying, hey, by the way, and if this is going, yeah, see, he's like, no, no, don't. This should break our hearts, you know, like, but I think it's just our capacity to do that. And again, when I, when I'm trying to self-justify, like if I'm thinking about myself, I'm not thinking about the ends. Where does this lead me? I'm only thinking about the moment. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm yeah. not thinking about impact. I'm not thinking about no. Darwin, you know, what are the fruits that are, are coming? And yet the challenge I think to all of us is to, like you said in, you know, go back, going back to Professor Glassford, you know, <laughs> of, all right, have you thought about it beyond just, did you feel it? And right. then what are your beliefs in light of your thinking and your, right. and you're doing hard work to go, Wait a second. Is this really? And then that's the question for all of us. Is this who I really like? I want to be. Is right. this who I'm becoming? Right. I, I think it goes back to for, for me and as we wrestle with this, the passage of scripture that kept coming to mind throughout this whole process is just Psalm 115. Yep. And and Psalm 115 um, is about idols, and that our our hearts are basically idol factories. And and idols make incredible promises to us. They they promise us freedom, they promise us happiness, they promise us joy, they promise us all these things. And what the psalmist does in that is he doesn't deny that, 
doesn't say that idols aren't going to promise you those things. But what he does go on to say is that the idol cannot deliver on its promises. Mm. It makes these promises, but you think it's going to give you freedom? It actually enslaves you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually ends up controlling you. And and so as I look through these hashtags, and he keeps bringing us back to the gospel, is because all of these statements basically end up enslaving you. Mm-hmm. Um, enslaving you to a life that is oriented around yourself, where there's nothing else than what's immediately around you, that my role and purpose in life is to gather as much as I can, um, that other people exist for my benefit. And in the end, it leaves you empty, Yeah. ultimately. You, when you began, you started with this, um, this, this kind of visual picture of Anna. Yeah. And you said... At the end of the movie, Anna is desperately trying to like resuscitate this this image or yeah. this identity, and she's trying to breathe life into it. Is is the language you yeah. used? And my mind was immediately brought to Genesis two. Yeah. And the only one who can breathe life into us is God. Yeah. Right. And I and I you know and and we become our own idol, and we we cannot breathe life into anything. Yeah. Only God does that. So I don't yeah. know. Kind of. Well, and it it brings me then to. Galatians 5, 1, it's for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Right. You know, of going, that's, and he'll go on to say then, but don't lose, don't use that freedom as a license for, because all of a sudden then you're burdened again, whether that is the law, because he's particularly talking about the law in, in this occasion, or it's that sin nature in us, the fruit right. of other things. And so, yeah. So. One, one thing I think would be interesting and, uh, it, you know, cause we're talking about certain philosophies and things <clears throat> that we don't necessarily believe. Um, it'd be interesting to hear like an honest dialogue and conversation with someone who does embrace this and does believe that. I think Tim Keller said the, you know, the best listening is being able to, um, understand what people think. And then mm-hmm. the next level is, and also why they think it's good. Right. So it'd be interesting to like have a conversation like someone who thinks and like, well, that's not really how I'd say it. I, it would just yeah. be an interesting conversation. Because yeah. he plays partner. one out hypothetically with Foucault. Right. Uh, right. You know, but it's like, is that I'd love to see it really played out exactly. you know, with right. him because um, I think he's he's knowledgeable, you know, to watch how right. he can navigate in mm-hmm. and out. But then to say somebody who's lived this and go and built their life upon it. Right. Right. To go. Okay. How do you, how do you both show compassion and yet offer truth and gospel into, into that space? I mean, it was a yeah. it was a fun play out in it the was. book, but yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'm like, yeah, of, yeah, I'd love to yeah. see that get get off be interesting. in real life. So, so um, um, don't follow your heart. Great book. Um, boldly breaking the Ten Commandments of self worship. He has be a, a heretic. website. Um, <laughs> it's called Join the Heretics. Um, the heretic is those who actually are not pursuing. Um, the call to self worship. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Interesting yeah. breed. Um, take some notes when you read it because you're going to need it to track through. I would actually recommend um, if you're going to read this book, um, find two or three people who you just like hanging out with and, um, and read it together and, and talk it through because it's dense. It's got implications. It would help you get at some of the concerns or ideas yeah. that JB and um, Aaron have. And at the, the end of each chapter, 
there's like extra like live this out. I thought live that was yeah, yes. that was yeah. really yeah. really yeah. well live done. This out. So, so um, some practices. So I would say um, it's it's kind of a fun book. Yep. Um, it'd be a fun book to do with a group of people. And um, I think you would um, have some lively, um, lively discussion. Um, but remember that, you know, um, discussions often involve disagreements. And when we have disagreements, um, we enter into those so that we can understand, so that we can learn, and so that we can actually model what it means to engage others graciously even when we don't agree. Like iron sharpens iron. Yeah. Like that's iron a, that iron. is yeah. not an easy, simple process. No, <laughs> there's not, a lot. It's not my of, favorite. It's not my favorite process. Right, by there's the way. a lot of friction going on there. It's like, ding, and often there's ding. more heat than light. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. and I do love the fact that it's. I think for folks who are now, I'll talk about like Christians. For right. Christians who are trying to go, man, the gospel really is, you know, it's. It's a first way for yeah. for us, and to be able to go, okay, I can maybe better understand my culture, yeah. and the culture we live in, and the values of our neighbors, and or at least what they're living into, right. even though they may not be able to express them. Right. And again, that understanding of our neighbors, um, yeah, man, just goes so far. So, yeah. well, I'm glad, and, and folks, I hope you hope you enjoyed. Yeah. This little insert uh, right. in in the schedule, like I said uh, at the beginning, we're gonna we're gonna join back in with a conversation next month with Mary Vandenberg. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a great conversation on on creeds and confessions. We have already recorded that, so um, but uh, it I think it follows up this well. Yeah, of, it does. You know what are our statements of belief, and mm-hmm. so uh, it'll be fun to have her have her on. And and again, thanks for. Joining us, if you do want to contact and connect with us, uh, you can email us fear and trembling podcast at harderwike, H A R D E R W I K dot com. And, uh, and thanks again for, for listening, fellas. Thanks for joining us. We'll, we'll fill Bill. I, we know you're listening. And so, uh, we love you. And <laughs> we miss a couple moments where you would have included a good. Goods. There were some songs, some lyrics. Yeah, I yeah. heard the oh, Beatles yeah. in the back yeah, of my mind. Yeah, 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 that yeah. one was for you, uh, Bill. So, <laughs> but uh, no. Again, I'm Aaron. I'm JB, and I'm Darwin. And uh, God bless you all. <laughs>